That's one of those uh, special, uh, special, special, what do I call this? Special features. Here, it's a feature on Talk of the Town that I always look forward to. Left, right, and center with Robert Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Welcome to both of you. Hi, Jim. Hi. Bob, nice to see you. And Jeff, nice to have you back. Uh, Andrew filled in admirably for you last week. Man, a very interesting, I think, provocative show. Well, coincidentally, I was off receiving, receiving training on the new rent control uh, laws, so I understood it was quite timely. It, well, yeah. <laughs> if we could have done it the day later, perhaps you could have uh, shared some of that new knowledge yeah. with us. However, I'm sure we'll, we'll take advantage of your knowledge at some point in the future. Sure. This morning, for the, the whole two hours, in fact, and we hadn't planned it that way, but we have been talking about the responsibilities of child rearing and, and where those responsibilities lie. And let me give you just a quick recap, and then I'm going to see if we can involve both of you in this from your different differing political perspectives or socio-political perspectives. My contention is that I think if we are going to say to parents, you have to take responsibility for your children's actions, it's too late when the kids are 12 and 13 and 14. And I think a lot of people today are looking to that kind of parental responsibility as being what's lacking. Parents aren't prepared to take responsibility for their kids' actions. This is when the kids are stealing cars or breaking windows or whatever. My contention is that parental responsibility really should have a much different has a, the, the phrase should have a much different meaning, and the, and the responsibility we should be asking, or indeed demanding, of, of, of individuals who want to become parents, is that they seek out some kind of training, that they avail themselves of at least some of the myriad resources that are out there, so that no one goes into having a child with this idea, and we've, you've all, we, you guys have heard it, I've heard people say it, boy, you just, you know, there's no road map for this thing, I wish there was a guidebook for this, you kind of, I don't know, it's a tough job, and I'm doing the best I can, but this parenting is a hard job. People who, who either willfully ignore or didn't know that there are guidebooks, there are roadmaps for this, lots of people have written about uh, how to deal with kids, and there are, there are certainly conflicting theories out there, but there are a lot of, I think, generally accepted uh, precepts and so on that would help you be a more effective parent. So my contention was at the beginning of the program that if we're going to call for parental responsibility, it has to begin before just taking responsibility for the kids' acts. It has to begin with taking responsibility for your own acts. And a caller phoned and said something that I've said before and, and, and uh, am quite open to, this idea that perhaps you should not be able to have a child. Well, you can't stop it from having a child, but maybe you shouldn't get to take the kid home from the hospital until you can offer some proof that you've taken some sort of training, some sort of course, because this is too important to leave to the, to the whims of society, or the whims of individuals, that uh, where the government does interfere with us in a lot of areas that already that we're not happy with, but maybe, this is a, maybe we should get rid of some of those, and maybe this is an area where there is a role for more active government intervention. Not to, not to s stick its head in your house and see how you're doing on a daily basis, nothing like that. But just the idea that, okay, you are, you are pregnant, or you're the, you're the husband or the significant other of a pregnant woman, uh, you're going to be part of the family, including these kids, this is what you have to do. You have a responsibility, and we're going to insist that you fulfill it, because if you don't, it ends up costing us way more money than we can afford to spend and that we should have to spend. Uh, Bob Metz, how would you respond to that kind of general philosophy? It scares the hell out of me, Jim. I, what you're saying here is... Uh you know, it wouldn't work unless the government did have the right to stick its nose in your house every day. People can take uh, courses in geography and accounting and history and science and not know a damn thing about those subjects after they finish the course and got an A-plus in it. So how is 
offering proof that you took a course in child rearing going to prove that you can raise a child. How do you get an A-plus if you don't know anything about the subject? Well, if you don't apply it, you lose the, you lose the knowledge. And but what I, I can you, tell you, I've taken subjects in calculus but, and But what if you never have access to the... But my, my point is not that, that this is going to guarantee that every parent is going to be a good parent and be properly trained. What it would do, it seems to me, though, it would guarantee that at least they had exposure to this information, which... which Far too well, I few remember of them do at the today. hospitals used to give out this little book, uh, Mother and Child, to almost every woman that had a had a baby in the hospital, and it was like a little handbook on how to raise a child and what to expect at certain ages, and it was given out as part of the package. I don't know if you're expecting something more involved than that, but certainly, if you're talking about government playing a preemptive type of role, I don't think that's the role of government. I think it's there to to be again a recursive kind of thing. We can't start treating every parent as a bad parent from the word go. I think that has to be demonstrated. What first. about giving every parent the opportunity to be a good parent, though? What if we l just look at it a little differently? Well, that's the situation as it should exist and is now. I mean, uh, you generally give people the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be polite to you, that they're going to treat you with respect, and until they do not, there's no reason not to accord them respect. I think uh, forcing people into something like this is a little disrespectful. But the trouble is, though, Bob, by the time you discover that they are no good at it, in many cases, particularly with the experts are telling us now about these early learning uh, patterns, it's too late. By the time we well, recognize these people shouldn't be parents, they've already screwed up the kids and we got a whole other generation well, to worry about. That's a whole other issue, and I think there's a big difference between responsibility and accountability. Uh, everyone is accountable for their own actions. There's just no two ways about that. You may be accountable for actions that you're not even responsible for, mm -hmm. but you're accountable for them. So if I'm a troubled um, kid who gets in trouble, I, I'm, you know, I am accountable, so they're going to throw my ass in jail. And I sit in jail for a couple of years, and I come out, and what is, I mean, yeah, I was accountable, and I was responsible, but I'm still the same little brat that I was when I went in Well, there. sitting in jail is not a response to uh, most crimes. I think accountability means re... Uh, you know, undoing what you did wrong, if that means that you stole some property, returning the property, or equal value thereof. Mm -hmm. If it means you hurt somebody, then you should be paying their doctor's bills, or you're liable in many ways. Um, the punishment part of the crime is, is, is incidental. I don't think, I don't think it, we've ever seen a study that shows that punishment prevents people from engaging in criminal activity. Okay, I mean, Jeff, uh, are, you, are you significantly uh, on a different beam than Rob, uh, Robert is on this one? Well, um, I, I would be concerned as well about uh, government poking its nose into everybody's uh, houses uh, any more than they already do. However, for the sake of argument, uh, I'm reminded of uh, Hillary Clinton's book, It Takes a Village, and how historically what we're talking about is uh, raising members of our community and we at, at various times throughout history have done it as a community rather than expecting individuals to do it uh, whether it's a clan whether it's an extended family or whatever uh, in the past we realized that raising young members of our community is a pretty hard thing to do there's a lot of a lot of unknowns out there and I think that it gets harder as they get older because as they become teenagers to become more like adults their problems are more like our own insoluble problems and that uh, there's nothing wrong with saying instead of it being the responsibility of a person or two people we should all take responsibility for raising the members of our community Now, government is the the imperfect vehicle we've talked about that before mm -hmm. by which we act communally um, and I agree with with uh, Bob as well that I wouldn't see it as a police that comes storming down your door uh, no and, and that's why I predicated it that way that's that's I want I don't want to see that either but that I would think most parents would admit they could use some help. And it's a question of sort of how you go about doing that. And, and I would think most parents as well would say, listen, whatever you can, can offer me, uh, it's all to the good.
The lines are open, 643-1290, star-1290 on the Cantel. If you have a comment, if you'd like to join our discussion this morning or a question for either one of our panelists, we'd uh, love to hear from you, 643-1290. And we do have Susan on the line. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, and good morning to your panel there. Um, I'm calling because um, I, I believe there should be some kind of intervention. What, what I believe as a parent, and I am a parent, I believe on hands-on. Um, supervision, and I believe that too many people are in the workplace. There's not enough gathering at the, the kitchen table, getting together as a family, doing things as a family, and setting rules and following those rules. And I believe that we are the parents and they are the children, and they don't need a friend. They have their friends. They need us to be parents and, and to guide them and to set the rules and to make sure that they follow those rules. And that is our responsibility as a parent. And if these parents have children that are making mistakes and getting into trouble, then what have they done to create this problem? But isn't it, children, children just don't, don't just too, grow up Susan, and decide to be bad kids. My it's concern the behavior is, they're taught. My concern is it's too late. By that time, exactly. it's too late. And I agree with you. It is too late. And now, just now, I came from my daughter's school. She's a very... Uh, the teacher said they call her sunshine. She's a happy child who likes to sing. And, be, and, and today at school, a little boy didn't get his way and took her and literally picked her up, shoved her down, head to toe in mud and water. And he didn't think he did anything wrong. You don't learn that aggression. It's taught to you. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of parents are failing in that respect because they aren't taking the time. They want too much in life instead of the basic things and love your children because they're only here for a short time and then they're on their own. Yeah, a yeah, good point. Thanks, Susan. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm not so sure that he's taught the aggression. He might not have been taught how to deal with those kinds of impulses that we all feel from time to time. Well, the other thing, unfortunately, is that bullies are nothing new, you know, and I don't know if our society is more aggressive than it is today. Um, you know, there have always been the schoolyard bullies. Kids do push each other around and stuff. We're seeing that there seems to be more uh, means of violence. We're seeing people with knives where they didn't have them before. Um, but certainly, we as parents have a role to try and, and to show them ways of dealing with that aggression. We, we do, we do, and that's all. It's all lovely, and let's all have a piece of apple pie and get mom over <laughs> for lunch. But how do you know? How do we deal with this reality? And, and I come well, back, Jim. I, if you're saying that it's too late and if you, we can't do anything about it, you've already preempted a solution to the problem. You're kind of saying, well, there is no solution. I, I agree with Susan when she says hands-on intervention, and I think she meant parental intervention, exactly. not state intervention. Ex okay, I, I grant you that, but, but when I say that it's too late when the kid reaches that point, it's not necessarily too late for the kid. There are some mechanisms in place that can maybe help the kid at great expense to society. What I'm wondering, though, is there no way to kind of turn the kid from that path? Is there no point at which we can, as a community, maybe maybe using the term government is the wrong way, as Jeff pointed out, is a very imperfect vehicle, but is there no role for the community to step in and say, you know, you do have certain responsibilities? Well, for sure, it starts on day one. That that's, you know, what I'm no, I don't agree there. That, uh, right from the, the, the time a child is born, they're absorbing a huge amount of information, and uh, we can be aware of that and, and realizing that they're taking in whatever's around them, whether you're conscious of it or not. And that, sure, it may be hard to say that at a particular age, this is the time when you've got to be dealing with it. I would say that because we don't know when these decisions are made, when kids are formed in the way they are, that we've got to be going from day one. I don't agree with the day one concept, but I do agree with the fact that the community has a right to intervene once the child 
has committed a crime against that community or against a member in that community. We'd like unfortunately, to to, unfortunately, we don't. We have laws in place that prevent recourse against crimes done by children. And and but isn't it a crime for a parent to 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 let a, ch a child get to that? I mean, and well, you're assuming that they're letting them. It may be, well be that uh, that's an individual issue, and and certainly a parent's culpability in a particular crime can be ascertained if you're going to go through the court system and look at the evidence. And no, the no, evidence. no, absolutely I mean, if not. You're talking about something serious. Well, that's simply not true because look at the court system today and we've had a, a couple of people a foster mom and another girl who was awarded the court another woman who was awarded the crown phoned up and pointed out very pointedly that the legal system does not do that it does not force that kind of accountability on parents oh i agreed it, it, the way i'm we've got uh, the young offenders act we've got all kinds of uh, laws in place that prevent the courts from doing their job that's what i'm getting at but i'm saying the court is the appropriate mechanism in which this should be happening as a last resort but community doesn't have a right to start telling parents how to raise their kids from day one. I mean, what are you suggesting, Jeff, that we start telling them uh, what values that they should have, what religion they should be taught, what, uh, where would you start? Well, on? now what that you mentioned values, about? that's something that concerns me deeply, and that is that I think that we're a rudderless society nowadays, that uh, there was a time when religion had much more influence in the lives of people and did teach values that were important, communal values for getting along. Love thy neighbor, you know, uh, golden rule sort of, uh, I, uh, sort of, in going to Sunday school, you learn all kinds of things about... Don't uh, how push little girls down in mud puddles. Well, exactly. I mean, and, and uh, you know, that's just, just my own Christian background, and I understand that there's similar rules and similar values that are taught in, uh, in most of the religions around. And to the extent that people are not being, uh, uh, not being uh, exposed to those values, but kids are getting their values from Saturday morning kids shows on TV and from American uh, cop shows, I think there's a big hole there. And I think that society does have it. It's not a, it's not a question of a right. It's a question of we, if we're smart, We'll be trying to get at them to not want to commit crimes. Let's get to the phones again. We have David with us. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good. I just uh, and and say hello to the to the panel there. Hi. Uh, I do. I, the previous caller who was uh, uh, talking about the supervision and stuff like that. I mean, that really raises a a, a big point with myself as far as uh, what we as parents can do to interact with our kids. Yeah. Um, I see numerous kids outside, five, six years old, playing uh, in, in condominium complexes and stuff like that by themselves, riding bikes and, and cars and stuff. And I think to me that, that shows them that uh, they don't need that supervision or that guidance, and it, and it instills that into them at, a, at an early age. Uh, I know when, when my kids are out bike riding, I'm out bike riding with them. Uh, when, uh, when I take the kids to the park, I go to the park with them. Uh, and I see numerous kids that are, uh, that are there uh, playing unsupervised. And I think it, it has to start at a, at a very, very uh, early age, um, even alluding to uh, the, the previous uh, comments about um, if, if a child gets into a certain pattern, can that pattern be broken so that they can go down that right path? Um, I know with, with our one son, uh, for, for a number of years, uh, my wife caved in and let him sleep in our bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not been easy to get him out. He's <laughs> 25 we, now. Yeah. Yeah. But we both decided one day, this is the day, this is where he's going to go. And he screamed for two days. But nope, no problem now. 7 o'clock, 7.30, both kids are, are in bed, and they go right to sleep. So it's a very interesting discussion. I'm enjoying and learning a lot from this, Great. and I just wanted to call uh, with some experiences of my own. Thanks for your participation, Dave. Okay, Appreciate thank it. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's what the show is all about, too. It's not just what Bob and Jeff and I have to say. It's about what you have to say, too. And Ernie joins us next. Good morning, Ernie. Hi, Jimmy. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Good. Um, what I wanted to say was, uh, I think it all boils down to an old saying that was taught to me once. As the twig is bent, 
so grows the tree. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's got to start at home, and I think people have to stand up. I have, when I have kids damaging around my home or doing things I think are wrong or being bullies, I step in and tell them about it. And I've had fathers come to my home to punch me in the nose because mm -hmm. I spoke to their kids like that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't scare me. I think that people have to start taking responsibility for their children. Mm -hmm. I think they have to stop. And if you want it, it's like you said, it's, it's a privilege to have children. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not something that everybody can do. And people that can have children usually would love to have children. Mm -hmm. And people that have them sometimes treat them very terrible. Mm -hmm. But I think that when the lady talked about the court system, it's true. You know, you take them to court and uh, they get arrested and uh, they get into trouble and the court doesn't do anything to rehabilitate these kids. And these kids just go through this cycle and it goes around and around and around. And I think... Teachers should have responsibility again. I, I, I'll tell you, I got the strap at school, and uh, my dad never went over and threatened the teacher who was going to punch me. I deserved it, and mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah. And we're, we're taking all these values that were very good. And uh, I, can't, I read the newspaper now, and it just breaks my heart to see all this violence. Yeah. Thanks and, for the call, Ernie. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Jeff, I want to ask you about that, because you're, uh, generally speaking, your side of the political spectrum has been the one that has pushed for... Uh, less intervention, uh, you know, you can't spank your kids anymore, the teachers certainly can't hit kids anymore, kids have rights. Uh, we had uh, several people phone this morning in the first two hours of the program and talk about their own kids turning them into the police because they disciplined them. You can't do this to me, I'll phone the police because my teacher told me I could, in a couple cases they did and so on. Um, and, and I said, generally speaking, this has come from the left side of the spectrum, I'm not pointing a, picture, uh, pointing a finger at you, but where do we go from here? I mean, you, met, you mentioned yourself, you said we've become kind of a rudder, rudderless society. Many people think that has been because of the ascendance, uh, ascendancy of the, uh, of the left of the more small L liberal thinking in this country over the last 25 or 30 or 40 years. Do, do you think that's an accurate characterization? No, and, uh, and if you want somebody who will defend not hitting kids, I'm certainly one of them. And uh, uh, I guess... One of the things that, that it seems to me is it's really hard to figure out what makes kids tick. And I think that uh, what tends to make t kids tick is example. And uh, that I think that if parents want to instill certain uh, values in kids, they have to demonstrate those values all over the place. And it's not as simple as saying you should always tell the truth or you should do this or the other thing. I think part of it is a matter of being realistic with children and saying, look, none of us are perfect. We're all going to screw up from time to time. But these are the kinds of things that we'd really like to do ideally I'd like to live this way and I hope you will and ultimately it's all about making kids not want to do bad things making them want to do good things and how to figure that out Geez, I can smell that apple pie again and well, one, one of the you know the traditional rationale is that the rod will do that I, I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of research to show that that doesn't work that uh, violence begets violence uh, uh, you know partially I can empathize with what you're saying Jeff when you're talking about the rod doesn't work but but I think you can set an example all you want to some kids, and it's not going to make any difference as long as they are not held accountable for their own actions. Well, I didn't say they shouldn't be accountable. And uh, Well, no, I'm, and I'm not saying you did. That's why I said I kind of empathize with, with going to the extreme of the rod, so to speak. I'll tell you one example that I, that I use, for instance, with my kids historically, and maybe because I'm a, a civil litigation lawyer, but I've, I look at the distinction between criminal law, which is to discourage misbehavior, versus uh, civil law negligence, which is to compensate the victim of your... Uh, of your uh, negligent conduct. And what I've always said with my kids is, if you break something, you're going to pay for it. And I don't care if you did it accidentally. I understand you did it accidentally, but you broke it. So you're responsible for that. Well, you, you know, uh, Dr. Laura Schlesinger, she, and I quite agree with her, she remarks quite strongly how the presence of shame, of responsibility, community 
exposure of one's wrongdoing is a major, major factor in stopping people from, mm -hmm. from well, continuing sure. with a certain kind and of it's behavior. And do a lot more with. Look what we're doing. We're hiding the identity of people when they commit a crime. You don't know who's charged. You don't know if they were found guilty. You don't know what they did. You don't know whether they had ever paid back their victim. We're basically putting these kids behind the shield of protecting them from the consequences of their negative actions. And I think to that degree, society has not only failed, but gone to the extent of causing the problem. And, and I mean, I could get into the whole education system, which I think has a major role in, in the problem. But, um, Jim, you mentioned that, you know, the left wing argues that kids have rights and all that kind of stuff. Well, children don't have rights, not like adults do. They have status. And a status is a very different thing. And mm -hmm. I think often when we go into dealing with children in our courts and in our, in our whole social setup that we don't make that distinction clear enough. Well, what is the difference? Um, well, well, for example, because responsibilities go with rights, basically. Mm -hmm. So until the children have the right, I'm afraid the parent does have a great deal of responsibility. And, he, and certainly uh, that does fall back on the parent because whatever rights a child has are, in essence, an extension of the rights of the parent. Uh, you know, this is a very fuzzy area. I'm not even using the right words. I've mm -hmm. mentioned before I wish we had sort of different words to describe mm -hmm. these uh, concepts. But, but one of the problems that you get into is, and you talked about shame earlier, I think that's an extremely effective motivator for people. I think it's far more effective than jail. I think it's far more effective than fines. I agree. And you look at Japan, for instance, where they take that very seriously. We see the, uh, the uh, heads of the major uh, banks failing. As they're failing, they're crying their eyeballs out. Uh, this is extremely tough stuff because of their cultural yeah, assumptions. Yeah, but let me, let, me tell, let me tell you an experience of mine, and I know it's always dangerous to do that, but I, my parents spanked me, I don't know, not a lot, you know, a couple dozen times maybe during my whole trip, maybe not even that often. Uh, I can remember several of them. The one thing I remember every single time was how ashamed I was afterwards that I had caused that to happen. Because it was my responsibility. They, they spanked me, and I knew damn well they spanked me because I deserved it. So... But you could do the same thing with the silent treatment. Spanking is about physical uh, pain. It's about pain no, as a behavior no. modification. Oh, heavens no, it's not. It's got nothing to do with pain. Spanking doesn't have anything to do with pain. If you're, if you're, oh, spanking, God, no. if you're spanking a kid, if, if what you're spanking is all about is pain, then that's violence. That's violence against that child. But what is a spank but, a, but, a, but saying, I'm going to cause a physical reaction in you that results in pain? It's a physical stopping of an action. Like sometimes, you know, that kid keeps running out into traffic. Well, no. You better give him a little pat in the butt or they're not going to stop it. No, but I'm saying that at root, to its root, what um, uh, spankings... Uh, 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 with, uh, what are the what we used to get uh, in school in the old days? Uh, not get a strap, you mean? strap. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it's about physical pain. And and if you want to say that that's a way of, of uh, inciting shame or other but emotions, see, yeah, no, that's I, all good. That's I, all fine. I disagree but with you. It's not about pain. At root, it hurts. It's not at the bar. It may do that. It doesn't hurt. It may good, right? The child, but the intent is not to inflict pain upon the child. It's usually to try and prevent pain from being inflicted on the child. In the long term, I understand. Yeah, but, and that's what I say with me. I have no memory of any pain that might have been associated with being spanked, but I still remember the shame to this day. But I, I would suggest to you that there are other things your parents could have done. First of all, the thing you did, they brought home to you, was bad and wrong, and that causes shame in and of itself. Yeah. There are other ways to bring that home. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here advocating for shame. I think shame is something we don't use nearly enough in our community. We talk about uh, banishing, for instance, with yeah. uh, Native communities yeah. and how effective that can be. Let's go back to the phones where uh, Rose is waiting. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Jim. I'm enjoying your show, and Thank I'd you. like to say good morning to the panel. Hi. I, I agree uh, with uh, the comment about status for children uh, that your guest was speaking about. And I'd just like to uh, bring uh, maybe uh, another thought to discussion. I have three children, and all three are totally different. 
Um, the last one that we have had, uh, I found that I never had to think at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke with him. Uh, we discouraged him. We took things away from him. We grounded him. And those all worked. My first child, however, she was very headstrong, a wonderful kid now, mm-hmm. um, but the occasion spanking had come about, and, and I found out not too long ago that all the spankings that I've ever given in my lifetime did not hurt. Mm. This is what they said to me. You didn't hurt us after all, Mom. They didn't hurt them at all, but what, they, what it did was it immediately stopped their actions because um, the verbal with some children doesn't make a difference. They mm-hmm. just think they got away with something. They negotiated something away. Yeah, and Jeff, what about this argument, too? Because my wife works at London Life. One of the big things at London Life is, is, is different personalities and how they interact with you and the way people learn learning styles. Some people are very physically centered learners. Some people, you can talk to them all day long and they will not absorb it. Why would we assume that kids are different? Oh, and, and listen, I, maybe I'm, I'm being unduly uh, assuming a literalness that isn't, uh, isn't obvious. That I'm not suggesting that spanking causes permanent damage. I have no idea whether it does, and uh, I, I don't think that it did for me. I'm just saying that the, mo- the motivator in the context of a spank is a physical reaction, which is pain. I know that I uh, had a, a friend of... Uh, or a father or a friend of mine who once had me hang on to a spark plug wire and uh, turned over the engine so I would know what a spark uh, thing felt like. And that made quite an impression, too. It caught your attention immediately. Oh, sure. And, and pain gets my attention. And, it may and cause... I think kids are smart enough to know the difference because they learn very quickly how to manipulate. Yeah. And if you set the ground rules and you're, you're actually fair and you, you bring about the point where the uh, parents have to actually be moral models. They, they absolutely do. But what society uh, has done now and the environment is created all across the board is education, be your own person, so the child learns now to talk back to their parents because we are not allowed to, uh, uh, to turn their, their conversation mm-hmm. down to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've taken out prayer, so you're not thinking on a higher level either because that's going to infringe on somebody's rights. Uh, they've taken out discipline in the schools. I don't mean that we have to punish them, but in order to protect some kids, you almost have to take that out because there had been incidents where, where teachers had abused. I was strapped in school, and uh, I see what I had done. I don't see that as damaging me at all. Right. Uh, I, I didn't say it did either. No, but uh, there was some discussion towards that because uh, Jeff had made, I don't think it damaged me. You know, you thinking that it's not going to, or you thinking that it may, there's that question. So, okay, let's remove that obstacle. Yeah. But, in fact, Just with in some case. children, it works immediately. And if your whole, whole uh, family structure is based on love and respect and give and take, they see through that. Yeah. They're oh, not exactly. that Exactly. Yeah. Rose, thanks for the call today. You're welcome. Good to hear okay. from you. This is Talk of the Town at 1290 CJBK, left, right, and center with Jeff Schlemmer and Robert Metz, and we continue our program right after this. We're going back to the phones. We have uh, Tony, who's been waiting. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Hi. Um, we've, you've had this topic before, right, about the parents and, and things, and Absolutely. you know I'm a very strict parent, mm-hmm. right? And my kids' friends now tell me I'm a very strict parent. Because I don't let my 12-year-old go to the mall with her friends. Yeah. I don't let my, my 10-year-old now, my youngest is 10 now, just take off and go with his friends wherever they want to go. Yeah. Wherever they go, I am there. If they want to go on their own, I am behind them. Mm-hmm. And they see the car or they see me walking. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. 
I'm always there, and I've, I've started from day one. And I agree with the one panelist who said it does start from day one. And you said yourself, it starts from day one. Mm -hmm. When the kids were very small, I taught them some responsibilities with their rooms, you know, don't touch the plants, don't eat the plants, don't kill the cats, and mm -hmm. things like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And all that stays with them. And spanking the kids actually stays with them. I don't hurt them. They've always said, you, I don't know why you do that, Mom. It never hurts. I said, no, but do you remember what the problem was? You know, what did you do wrong that you deserve this? Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember what happened. They'll always remember things like that, yeah. right? Good point. And your book said, there's tons of books out there. We got Dr. Spock. We've mm -hmm. got the parent magazines mm -hmm. and um, the, the King James Version mm -hmm. of the Bible. Mm -hmm. The kids read it now. Mm -hmm. When they're in trouble now, there's no yelling and screaming in this house. Mm -hmm. it's, it's here. This is what my problem is. Now, you tell me what this book says, why you should do what you're doing. Well, you know. Interesting approach. And the Bears thing, the Bears thing, Bears book. Yeah. They have the messy room, the temper, the brother, the, fight, the yeah. fighting with the sister and stuff like that. Yeah. Those books work great. Tony, thanks for the tips today. Have a good day. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Guys, I want to, if we can maybe follow up on what Tony said about the amount of information that's out there and come back to where we started because this is where Robert and I initially disagreed today. I said I thought there was a role for government or for the community as represented by government then because, the, again, as Bob said, the, the words sometimes do not do what you want them to. The community is represented by the government. I still am unconvinced that there's not a role for that community represented by to speak to new parents to make sure that they have the and again you can't force people to raise their kids but you could certainly make sure that they had the information now you you made reference to you know every mother was given a little booklet and so on but did they read it does you know are they are they literate you know are they, well, they, they read if they don't have the the impetus to even read something like that certainly putting them in a compulsory course of some sort isn't going to endear them to the message that they're receiving. Perhaps in that not, course. but you're going to at least expose them to the information. That's what I That's said. That's always before. the challenge: is that if you offer information, the people who will who are most likely to access it are the ones who probably need it the if least. It's <laughs> if it's <laughs> voluntary, that's what I'm saying. Right. Maybe well, it shouldn't be if voluntary. If it's compulsory, then what I want to know: the minute I hear something compulsory, I want to know: okay, what's the consequence to a mother who refuses to take this course? Are we putting her in jail? Are we fining her? Well, are we taking the, her baby what away? What should the consequence be? What would a reasonable? Well, it's your idea. I'm not going <laughs> to suggest. <laughs> I'll tell you what my consequence is, but I'm curious to, to, to ask you what you think an appropriate consequence would be. If someone says to society, I'm not interested in being a good parent, I'm not interested in, in having access to this information, uh, I don't, I don't want to do that, what, what, what is an appropriate response from society to that? Well, you, what response do you have? What if, if they're raising their children well, who cares what their attitude towards the rest of society is? Um, but, you're, uh, but you're presupposing that that's what's going to happen. I'm not making any presuppositions. I think that's where you're starting. You're presupposing that parents who don't get this kind of training are going to go bad right off the track right away. I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, I, I think, again, you talk about this role that, that society has through government. I'm not saying government doesn't have a role. I'm saying that government right now is playing the wrong role. And, and I don't and, disagree for a moment. And, and, you know, like I would like to see, to me, I think that when someone's been convicted of a crime or whatever, that we should know their name. I think that alone. You want to yeah. see some activity stop in a family if, if the kid got in trouble and it was on all the papers? Uh, that isn't going to happen again. But if you hide behind yeah, uh, but the, the, the young offenders... There are a lot of people who would disagree with you, and that's one of the reasons we've gone to this anonymity. It's only the last 10 years it's been like this. Um, 
Well, again, this is the thing we're talking about that works in other cultures. But you know um, what the counter the counter argument is that you scar these kids for life that they that they 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 become that bad that well, bad Mets kid. If that's the issue, then what you're telling me is it's very effective, and that if you want to avoid having that scar or you want to you know earn back the respect of the community, you're going to have to work that much harder for something you did wrong. And boy, if you, I think that's the bigger example to set. If people are looking for examples, let's prove to them that when you do something wrong there's going to be a consequence this is the consequence you know what in advance there's no favoritism here there's no uh no retribution or you know trying to get even with a single person this is the consequence i don't what believe in punishment i believe in consequence okay and i do too i, I, I call it responsibility i think we agree on that we talked earlier point. about how you how you manifest that responsibility one thing i think we don't do very well is making people understand that there are victims to their crimes and i think that we could do a lot more to put people in touch with and that the they have a responsibility and to, to those and victims to make and to make good for what they've done oh, bad yeah. jeffrey come on one of the things that they're the, bringing the apple pie in by the cartload now the, i'm just telling you how i live my life that's all no no the people that cannot relate to their victims I mean and, and we know this is a great problem I, I mean it's too late for a lot of those people well, then, well again it's what you're saying Jim okay. lock them away for life it's too late no what, it. what I'm saying is we know that most of the things we're doing now do not seem to be working very well I'm saying why don't we start looking at some radically different ideas oh yeah and that's what we're talking about one of the things that uh, I talk about in terms of responsibility for my kids is that if it's always been the rule for my kids since uh, since they could uh, respond to anything was that if you hurt another of your siblings the sibling gets to choose the punishment and uh, from that standpoint, uh, it, it seemed to work pretty good because they realized that statistically, likely that next time they'd be the one who was the aggressor. Mm -hmm. But there is a responsibility. We talked earlier about one of the things that I think is very useful is talking about parenting and talking yes. about these ideas. Yeah. I mentioned that I had these uh, rules that I learned back when I first started with my kids. Mm -hmm. And there were the four rules that you had to stick to. Uh, the first rule was you never discipline a kid if you're, if you're on the verge of losing your temper. You never raise your voice. Mm -hmm. You never yell or scream. But they talked about how punishment to be effective has to be immediate. You can't wait around. It has to be uh, proportionate, it has to be consistent, it has to be the same all the time, they know it's going to happen all the time, and you have to explain why it's happening mm -hmm. to them. And I learned those rules somewhere, and they stuck with me all the way through, and I think they're good rules, and there are there is information we can impart as well, a community, I, I think. I think they're good rules too, and I'm glad we had a chance Jim, to pass Jim, them along. You, you said you were looking for something, a radical, a different a different radical approach to radical, this issue. Uh, radical in, the, in the, the original meaning of that word, yes. which is to get to the to root to of the, the problem. Root. Well, Maybe I have a suggestion. Maybe it's time we did hold children responsible for their actions, and to give them the responsibility, we would have to, as a community, give them the rights that go along with those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And that, as a consequence... I'm going to drive my car, boy. Forget it. And as a con... Well, that's another issue. But as a consequence of not exercising their rights proper or their responsibilities properly, then they would lose those rights that are accorded with them. I think that as long as children only have status and that they're not held directly accountable and they do something wrong in society, I think it, it, it elevates their status to get away with it. All right, we've got to go back to the phones here. We've got uh, Terry who's waiting. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Fine, thanks. I've heard a lot of good points. I think a lot of people are right this morning, but I think the word that we were looking for is consequence, and it's consequence from the word go. And everybody says consequence is spanking your child. Well, I do agree with corporal punishment. When you do something wrong, that's a consequence. Mm-hmm. It also means that when your child gets it right from the word go, it's a hug, a kiss, and, and that goes on right straight through. Oh, definitely. You know, I got a 20-year-old child. I chase him around the house to try to get attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know how tough that is. But, but it's a lifelong thing, and, and I hope my child respects me because I've never had a problem with him at school. I've always made 
mentioned even at his school or in front of his teacher that maybe they can't dis- necessarily discipline you the way I would, mm-hmm. but all they got to do is call me. Yeah. I'll take care of the rest. There's yeah. a consequence. <laughs> yeah. You bring home the report card, here's the treat. Here, mm-hmm. Here's the thing for achieving what you achieved. Yep. You know, so it's, it's a consequence all the way along, and it's, yeah, it's your fault, it's my fault, it's society's fault. You know, once upon a time when I was a kid, I didn't have a fence between my house and my neighbor's house and my neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. You know, when we played tag, we could run from yard to yep. yard to yard. Yep. <laughs> you know, today we couldn't do that without climbing the fences. Yeah, for so I think that's part of the problem there, too. Terry, thanks for the call today. Thank you. We have to pause for just a minute more to come with Schlemmer and Metz here on Left, Right, and Center. Place to go, I'm telling you, my favorite. Uh, back on the air with two of my favorite guys, too, Robert Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. This is Left, Right, and Center. And uh, Gord has been waiting very patiently. Good morning, Gord. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. I'll say a couple points. Is uh, First of all, I don't think a fatherhood has been rewarded in our society too much. Or, and recently, I think uh, father's rights have been diminished. Not if he stays in the, in the family home. They haven't been. Well, I mean, uh, I've, I think like in my own case, I'm, I might have a child from a long time ago out there, and I have no right to that child because she said it wasn't mine. But, yeah. I mean, that aspect. And also the other aspect is uh, um, economics. I think uh, when everybody's chasing the almighty dollar, mm-hmm. family life goes down the drain. Yeah. Poverty yeah. steps through the front door, love flies out the window. Mm-hmm. That's I wish I said that. No, I said that. <laughs> but you hit the nail on the head. But, the, you know, the issue of, of father's rights, I think that's a, is certainly there are lots of fathers out there who would agree with you that uh, as a result of a marital breakup, they don't have the kinds of rights that they would like to have. Um, and and th- I think that's something that needs to be addressed. But, you know, fathers as part of the, of the nuclear family, they have as, as many or as few rights as they ever had, I think. Yeah, I think also I think uh, being a, a nurturing father hasn't really been rewarded in our society too much. Well, how would you reward that? Isn't the reward in, in the act itself? I would think I think there but... It hasn't been revered, like it, probably in the media and uh, yeah. icons and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. It's uh, you, you, w- what we tend to look up to are the tough guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the call today, Gordon. Okay. Bye-bye. I guess we, we can't, this is maybe a topic for another whole day here, was talk about the, the roles of, of men and women and, and mothers and fathers, but... Uh, oh, gee, we've got much time left here. Uh, I've got 16 questions I want to ask both of you guys. We're just about out of time. Jeff, from, from your perspective, in terms of legal remedies, is this, you know, do we look to the law to solve these kinds of problems with parents and kids? Yep, J- too much, way yep. too much. And uh, the law is a horribly blunt instrument. Judges will be the first ones to tell you that there's not nearly enough uh, sophistication in the law to be able to handle the, the subtlety of the kinds of problems that we're talking about here. And yet, Bob, you say that we have to go to the law with the, you know... Well, I'm saying that ideally, if we had the proper kind of laws, yes, that's, the, that's where we go. And even if we created another, uh, another level of courts or, or arbitrators or whatever, I, I would still call that the law. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that uh, the laws we have now are working counterproductive. Um, you know, it's interesting, Gord's comment last time, he's talking about economics and uh, the fact that, most, that more today, more two-parent families are working, mm-hmm. both parents. And, uh, you know, this being r- left, right, center, I think we, I should, it, it, it falls upon me to make uh, a point that I think the reason that two parents have to work now is because of the socialist system we have in place, because we are community responsible for all our neighbors and stuff mm-hmm. like this, and so the, we are less able to be responsible for our own sphere of activity. And, you know, when, you, when you've got half your pay going to taxes alone, 
that severely limits you. There's, there's one person's income who could stay home with the kids. Uh, I, I think we've done ourselves a great disservice by going via a community approach. And, and um, you certainly see certain conservatives, such as Dr. Laura and some other prominent uh, teachers and researchers who don't like everything from daycare uh, to even the public education system to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's some legitimacy to that concern. And I think, uh, you know, talking about values in the school, the thing they're teaching today is that all values are equal, that, that, that none are superior to others and or none have certain consequences and that it doesn't matter what your values are. Uh, I think that's not an appropriate thing to do. But there's not much you can do about that in a government-run school system. Okay, Jeff, you lefty, how do you respond to that? Oh, well, first it's all your fault. <laughs> That's right. I, I wouldn't want to live in a world where we had, uh, had none of our social programs that we have today. If we took away the schools and the 401 and the hospitals and everything else, uh, it wouldn't. I don't, th I don't think not. No, nobody wants socialism. to do that. Nobody wants to no, do that. I suggest that the reason why few people have to work nowadays is because of, uh, of government programs. <laughs> it's a lot more complicated than that. But, but anyway, uh, on the other part, though, as but far as... But save that. I want to talk about that yeah, sure, on another day, that. that's a good one. Yeah. But as far as values, I agree with you that uh, I agree with you that values are not taught adequately in school, and I think that, uh, that uh, educators need to get a lot more serious about that, although I think the teachers are tentative about it because of concerns about how far they can go, which you say are imposed by government, and I tend to agree, and I think that uh, leadership, that our, the leaders of our community need to be a lot stronger in saying, look, at, we're going to teach our kids right from wrong. Well, we're not going to clothe it in terms of religion or anything else. We're going to say there's right and there's wrong, and here's right, and we live it, and we'd like you guys to live it too. Well, you're talking about, what, what about parents who, who do teach religious values to their children? I think you have a tremendous problem when you have kids going to a school that are teaching values that counteract the values their teacher, their parents are trying to give them. Well, what if That's the why I think there's no religion that teaches the right things that are contrary to the basic values that yeah. we all hold. No, but there are parents who interpret religions that way. Oh, I mean, sure. there are parents who interpret their religion to to be exclusionary, to exclude people of other of other faiths, of other colors, of other of other creeds, of other races, and they teach their kids this. That's a paradox of our community is we have to have room for the intolerant. Well, <laughs> we're going to pause for just a second, come back to uh, wrap this one up today on Left Right center. We're back. Uh, we've got Roger with us. Good morning, Roger. Hi, Jim. Uh, just quick, like, um, for instance, last night I was, I'm a volunteer at one of the schools yeah. for a boys sports night. Yeah. And uh, the one boy was, they were told they're playing dodgeball and stuff like that. And he was told there's no running in the game. You throw the ball from where you stand. Yeah. Well, he ran. They said, well, you're out. Your team loses. Yeah. He got hyper, took a spaz, threw two balls at me. Mm -hmm. One missed me. Mm -hmm. The other one hit me directly in the face, yeah. and he was aiming for my head. Yeah. I ended up, I turned around, I said, you're done for the night, go home. He went home, told his mother. His mother came back screaming and yelling at me, why did my son get kicked out for nothing? We tried to explain it to her, you know, and blah, 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 and the whole thing. And uh, But this is one of the reasons why people don't want to volunteer well, at things and, like this. And that's the attitude that, that is going to lead that kid almost assuredly into some level of problems later in life. Right. The kid's only 10 now, yeah. and his mother turned around and done this. Now, what does what's that kind of example for him? Yeah. When yeah. when you know when the own parent blows up. Well, we've lo we've oh, lost this, we've lost this idea that we did have at one time, and we did the same thing with the police. That the police and the schools and the courts are all part of our community. They've now become kind of extra community. They're outside the community anymore. Teacher is no longer an extension of the parent. Right. And I think there's some good reasons why we've moved in that direction, but some bad reasons, too, and you've just pointed up one of the worst. And another thing, you know, that, that child that got stabbed, like, what's going to happen to this 13-year-old now? She's going to, actually, she's probably going to get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. 
and th that's going to be the end of it. She'll be a hero to some kids. But what's going to happen? Like, you know, a slap yeah. on the wrist, the kid's done. Like, be good for a year. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. The, this we'll other see. child, he's eight years old. He's going to be scarred for his life. Yeah. Appreciate the call today. Okay. Thanks very much. Bye. Although, again, as I said earlier, we don't know all the details of that, and I hate speculating about cases like that because well, we don't know what happened. Certainly, we've got kid jails that are filled to the rafters. We've got the um, Maurice Janais Center out in uh, Fanshawe. Uh, out on Fanshawe Road that was criticized by the auditor yesterday for being too expensive, but it's yeah. chock full. Uh, the system deals with things, and some of this stuff is urban myth. Uh, they certainly will take it seriously, and it will be dealt with, and they'll do everything in the system to discourage her. Now, you, whether that's adequate, I, well, I don't know. But that's the point, isn't it? We, you and I both know it, isn't it? Unless she's an exceptional youngster who has strayed momentarily here, she's in a lot, she's in a lot of trouble, not from the system, but just for the rest of her life. <laughs> she's facing a very tough time of it. Gentlemen, uh, traditionally we have a little wrap-up, but I think this is still kind of open ended so maybe we'll save this for another program and, uh, and uh, expound on a little more thank you both for coming in today always a pleasure tomorrow we're going to find out about those rules of the road we talked about on monday do you really know what they are we've got a representative of the london police going to join us and tell us all the little things that we think we know but we're wrong about that plus open phones and a whole lot more in the next edition of talk of the town for bob and jeff and ryan and don who's away but we love her anyway jim chapman saying take care of each other mind how you go and we'll see you tomorrow